pastor friend of mine the other day. He's a, he's a black pastor. He's got a, he's got a church here in town. It's a Pentecostal church. And, uh, he's a friend of mine. Uh, and, uh, I said, listen, I'm not going to be in my pulpit on Sunday, October 7th, because we've been pushed out by homecoming by the Nazarenes. So we're going to have an evening service at five o'clock. Y'all remember that? And I said, so I want to give myself. Can I? So if you want me to, I said, I've got a message on the exponential man, and I'll, I'll come preach for you. He coughed a few times. I don't think anything was in his throat. So we'll see. Oh, I'd like to get over there and get with him. It's going to take all the churches to bring revival to Tuscaloosa. And I'm just, I'm just one, but I'm, I'm one. I'm going to be my one and be the one for where I'm supposed to be. So he said he'd get back to me. I hope I get to be in his church on October 7th. Then we'll be back here and we'll, uh, we'll, we might really like a, a Sunday evening church service. Hallelujah. So I'm talking more about the exponential man. Uh, hallelujah. Matthew 14. We've looked at the scripture about 72 times. We're going to look at it one more time or seven. But the ship, verse 24, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary, and in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went into them, walking on the sea. You know, we just can't read that too much. We, 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 have, we hear a testimony of the supernatural on Sunday mornings, but this is that. Then, uh, uh, then when you read over in 1 John where it says, as he is, so are we in the world. When you read over in little John where it says, uh, uh, the works I do shall ye do. And greater works shall you do, because I go to the Father. And then I look down here, it says, Jesus was walking on the water. I don't know if that's a work or not. So it may not be out of the realm of what he was talking about. But it's, it's along the edge, isn't it? It's something like if we needed to. I, it may be like, uh, uh, what's his name over in Acts, was uh, Philip. That was translated. May, maybe we won't physically walk on the water. We'll just be zinged over somewhere. Now, I'm telling you, before the end comes, these days will be present in our life. For not getting to live a full life, in other words, if he comes in the rapture and you don't, you're just 45, or, or like Lisa, 25, you know, if you're just a young, a young person and you go, ah, I didn't get to live my full life. Well, what you and I will get to do is live a super, supernatural life. We'll be in those end of the end days and revival breaking out, it'll be worth it. You'll have a better life than Grandma did, who lived to be 117, but you didn't get that all, but you got, you got to do stuff. I mean, it'll be quantity instead of quali uh, quality versus quantity. So in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. I had a pastor one time, I told him, I said, Gene, I said, I just read about a man that got a gold filling in his mouth, and it had a cross on it. And he said, well, that was the devil. I said, the devil? He said, yeah, why would God do that? It's not in the Bible. I'm telling you what these people tell me. This is a pastor. This, is a, this was a close and dear friend of mine. And I said, well, yeah, it was from God. He said, well, what, what would God do that for? And I said, well, maybe he needed a filling. Maybe, maybe he had a hurt tooth. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. 
If it's good, it came from God. If it steals, kills, and destroys, it was otherwise. If it, having a gold tooth with the cross did not steal. Anyway, uh, verse 28, Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou bid me come on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the wind boisterous and when he, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried, Lord, save me. Praise God, we can cry to the Lord, save me, and he will save us. If you say, Hartford save me, or, or Allstate save me, or, or a bank loan save me, or ER save me, well, you, that's what's going to try to save you. But if you say, Lord Jesus, save me, how many of y'all know that's what ought to be first out of our mouth? Amen? And then if he sends you to the ER, whatever. And immediately... He didn't think about it. He didn't judge him. He said, he stretched forth his hand, caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore did thou doubt? So we're talking about the exponential life where you and I live above the laws of the natural. Now, don't raise your hands because I don't want to embarrass you, but I'm just going to ask you, how many of y'all would like to do that more than just about anything that you could do more than the double ride at the roller coaster at Six Flags, or more than going to the Wax Museum, or more than seeing the Grand Canyon, you'd like to live an in-day supernatural life where we walk on the water, where we cast out devils, where we raise the dead, where we heal. I want that. And I'm going to try to water, uh, 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 salt your oats till you want that. But uh, it's called living above natural law. And we're all surrounded by natural law, and we're all limited by natural law unless we get Jesus into our life, unless we start living by faith. Living by faith, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. You know, well, I don't believe I want to live by faith today because it's got risk in it. Yeah, all faith will always have risk in it. You will have to hold on. This, the things that are coming will make your liver quiver, so to speak. They will, they will shake your foundations. If you're not rooted and grounded on this, you will be in for a shaking. The Word says in Hebrews that in the end days, and it's even already started, everything that can be shaken will be shaken until that which remains cannot be shaken. Do you all notice? Everything that's loose and crumbly and of no good thing, it's all fallen off our lives. You, there's no way to trust finances anymore because that stuff's shaky. There's no way to, to trust the doctors anymore. I mean, we love them. We trust them in the sense of we go to them, but they can't, they can't bail you out every time. Far from it. Far from it. And uh, an exponential life is living above the natural law. It's, it's just another way of saying living by faith. Let's just say what it is. It's just living by faith. Because Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it till it overflows. Well, I've already got regular life. I'm breathing. My heart's beating it 100 times a minute or whatever it is. You know, I got all these levels in my body and my brain's working. My, you know, everything's working. That's life. But when he says, I've come that you might have life, the word in the Greek is the word zoe, and the word means life as God lives it. That's walking on the water life. That's raising the dead life. Well, how come you hadn't? Well, I, I told you, I can't get a volunteer. Hallelujah. But I'm going to do everything I can to live a supernatural life so that when someone does pass away, that it's, they're not old. We're not supposed to raise the very old, I don't think. 
We don't have any demonstration of that. But everybody else, you're coming back. I remember the story Pastor told me, Pastor Eric West told me the other day, about his mother being over there talking to Jesus and him saying to her, you have to go back. Your son is calling for you. And her, can you imagine arguing with the Lord? Arguing with the, with the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Arguing with him saying, I don't want to go back. I'm not going back. He said, yeah, you are. Because he's calling for you in my name. And that authority is over death. And he is calling for you. And she said it was over. All of a sudden, she started whooshing back. Came into the top of the room of their church where she had, had passed away in the morning service. Saw them ministering to her body. Saw the EMTs saying, she's gone. She has no pulse. She has no nothing. She's gone. And uh, saw her son, Pastor West, over there speaking to her, saying, I tell you, mother, in the name of Jesus, to come back. And she said she suddenly went down into the room. It was a room like this. Went down in the room and went into her mouth, her own body's mouth, and went in there and suddenly... Her body jumped. Ah, that doesn't excite you. Your wood's wet or something. Hallelujah. But he got his mother back, and she helped him for years. She just was, uh, he needed her. His church, he needed his mother. So uh, she's gone now. She left uh, not too long ago. But she had walked out her time. Well, let's turn to Ephesians. Let's go over one more scripture that we've just done over and over. Because you just can't get too much of this one. I know it's in your head. I know you've heard me say it. And you may even try to roll your eyes and say, really? Can we have some new stuff? When you and I master this stuff, we'll go to new stuff. I said master this stuff, we'll go to new stuff. There's no need in going on till we master this. You, until you're living a fearless, a fiercely fearless supernatural life. Where you have a confidence when you get up. This day is mine. This day is mine. I don't fear what comes in the mail. I don't fear what my boss could tell me. Uh, I, I'm fearless. I'm fiercely confident that my God will let me finish my course and run my race. Till you got that going on, we're going to read Ephesians 3.20 and other scriptures. Yeah, okay, yeah, all right. And so it says in, uh, in verse 20, it's a long discourse there. Most of this discourse in chapter 3 is talking about the power of love. Uh, that In verse 17, it says that we may be rooted and grounded in love. So don't just think that you can just take verse 20 out and just say, you know, that's everybody. He's talking about being rooted and grounded in love. And we could talk about that and should, but we'd miss the point of 20 going back and catching that. But you know, he said, now unto him. So it's going to lift up the Lord Jesus. And by the way, since I said that, I'll say this. I want you to notice this morning that we sang three songs that were totally lifting up the Lord. We didn't, we didn't say, you know, I'm going to be better. I'm going to love you. I'm going to, I'm going to feel your beat. I'm going to, I'm going to pant like the, the deer. Nothing about you and me. It was all about him. That's worship. The Lord told me last week here, I'm going to get off the subject, but this is, this will help you or it could. He told me everybody has to bring their own worship to me. I knew immediately what he was saying that going to a church service, which is like a rock concert, and watching other people worship 
is not necessarily worship. Whoo, we had good worship this morning, they would say. What'd you do? I watched the whole thing. But that doesn't make you worshiping. Any more than me being an Alabama fan, and I am bona fide, certified. Boy, we got a good team this year. Boy, we whooped them. We whooped them Auburnites. We took care of those Mississippi State. Ah, we, we thrashed them. We? Who's we? You got, you got a mouse in your pocket? Who's we? You didn't show up for spring training. You didn't work out. You pushed no cart across the field. You ran no long pass. No weight room for you. We looked at the roster. No weight room. You, you were a wall. Yeah, we, we're tough this year. We, 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 we. There's no we in that. Unless you're on the team. Tell me if I'm true. I noticed that everybody that's we on the Alabama side can thrash the coach. Maybe, maybe you're not, maybe in former days you were a Dallas fan or somebody else that, or maybe, maybe during the, the quiet years when I first moved to Alabama, 96, we had some, we had some years that weren't so glorious. We had some, we had to pick a coach year the first year, and then we didn't like him. We picked another coach. We didn't like him, and then we lost three times to Auburn in a row, and we didn't like him. So not everybody was, whoo-hoo, roll tide. Coach this and the team that and everything. So who's we? Who's winning the victory? Who's, who's, so we're, so we're in the family. I'm getting off the subject, aren't I? Just a little bit. All right. Be a worshiper on your own. Let us help you a little bit. I, I despise the words that are on here. Because when we have no words, nobody can do anything. It's got to be in here. You got to be running down the road saying, I will lift up, I lift up your holy name. You got, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. You got to have it in here so that when you roll down the road, I'm off the subject. All right. We're keeping it lean here so we can all be true worshipers. They that worship me must worship in spirit and in truth. So Ephesians 3.20 in the Amplified says, uh, no, in the King James, we're still there. Boy, I have butchered this this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask, think, imagine, or meditate. To him be power, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus. It's just an exponential life. The faith life, if, you, if we could ever find a Christian that lived the faith life, we did. Smith Wigglesworth, he didn't care what anybody thought. If you read about his life, uh, Lester Summerall would go to England to see him expecting he would get up early because he, to go to his house, he had an humble little house, and uh, he expected to go early so that he could get in line, hoping he'd be on the same block as his house, and he would work himself up to the front door with all the people that would see him. How amazed he was that he was the only one there and that he stayed all morning and no one ever knocked. He was, nobody wanted him. It's a life of the supernatural. You're not going to have the natural affection and love of the world. Y'all hear me? But I want it anyway, because I believe he's coming back soon. 
and I just don't want to wallow around. I've already had my children, had my grandchildren. I've, I've got the farm. I've got to, ah, I've had a good life. If I left in the morning, it'd be okay. I, I could say it was okay, but I want this supernatural life. And so uh, he said, you can have it exceeding abundantly above all you can ask, think, imagine, or meditate according to the power that worketh in you, that I, I don't have to get a card from the office and say, yes, I, I got a card so I can work in the supernatural. It's inside. Is it inside you? Is he inside you? We lift up our hands like he's up there, and I do, but he's in here. Then the Amplified says, uh, now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far above and over all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Yay. So I'm after this exponential life. I hope you are too. I hope I've salted your oats on that. One thing that we can do to have a super abundant life, we've talked about several things. Two is better than one, for example. A faithful man will abound with blessings. Uh, we've looked in Malachi chapter 3 that says, bring the tithes in the storehouse and I will multiply or exponentially affect your finances. Windows of heaven will open. Those are good windows. And I will pour out, no trickle. I will pour out a blessing that you'll not easily be able to contain. That's a supernatural life. How many of y'all are in that line? Hallelujah. We're in it. Yes. I'm a covenant man. And I have a covenant access to everything God's got. Father's got it. He said, come up here. Anything I got, just take it out. Amen. Another thing is in 2 Corinthians 9. Look there with me. We're talking about an exponential life. I'm reminding you, you're already on track here. This is nothing new to you. We're already doing all these things. But I'm, t I'm telling you, your ticket's punched. Let's walk in the door. It's based on expectation. It's based on rights. It says in chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians, verse 7, there's just so much here, but it says, uh, it says, you want an exponential life? Well, it's according to the power that worketh in you, but it's according to how you turn on the power. He said in verse 7, every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. You know what that means. He loves someone in agreement. Just not working the system. I'm working the system here. You can't work the system. Cheerful giver says, I'm glad to do it. And God, here's the exponential. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye having all sufficiency in all things may abound, may abound. Sounds like exceeding abundantly above. May abound to how many? Every good work. Exponential. Over the top. Can't get my head around it. Cannot process this. Cannot work it out like, I know how he does it. No, you don't. You don't know. It's, it's, it's in his realm. It's the Zoe, I have come that you might have life. Have an abundant life. Have an exponential life. And have it till it overflows. Till you can't measure it. Till you can't figure it out. Well, we never heard of anybody doing that. We've seen parts of it. Smith was part of it. John G. Lake. 
got 100,000 people healed in Spokane, Washington in five years. He tapped into something. Oral Roberts had a power in his hand, tapped into something, prayed for 50, how many was it? It was a bunch of people. Y'all know that. Um, over and over, we have spatterings of it. But this is, the, this is the rain, the former rain, and now we're coming into the latter rain where the elements have been revealed. And the moves of God in the, in the 1900s, where we had a Sousa at the beginning, we had Israel become a nation and revival broke out in the church. We had the healing revival. After the healing revival came the charismatic move where we all got what we needed, the Holy Ghost. God emphasized the Holy Ghost, healing first and then the Holy Ghost. And then after the, the charismatic became the word movement where all of a sudden God was raising up teachers and they would just say, turn to Luke chapter 15 and everybody just, oh, oh, going to teach the word. We we. We would drive any. We drive at Abilene to hear somebody teach the word, just all over. And then, uh, so he's putting these elements together. The different parts of the revival have been coming together in this last century, and now somehow they're all coalescing and coming together. Where he's going to have another demonstration that's greater than any individual impartation. It's going to be the whole. It's a synergetic move where where the elements. Produce something that's greater than the sum of the elements. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. So all sufficiency in all things that you may abound to every good work. Say every work. Now say every good work. Oh, I'm telling you. Get, is you ready, ready? Get your, get your mind set for action. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians. Slip back to chapter 14. We talked about this last Sunday. Talking about a... A, 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 an exponential life, a life of faith. It says in chapter 14, Paul says in verse, uh, you know, Paul was a good boy. He, uh, he wrote a third of the Bible, a third of the New Testament, between a third and a half. And it says in verse uh, 18, he said, uh, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than ye all. You know, we ought to outdo him. We ought to speak with tongues more than ye all. Today, we were in here praying this morning, and uh, uh, the Nazarenes came in, and we were shandai to heaven. Hallelujah. I guess they know we're Pentecostal now. Everybody ought to know you're Pentecostal, because it's your ticket. If you want your prayers answered, I want my prayers answered. I got some powerful prayers going on. I want them answered. I don't want to fool around with why are my prayers not answered. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Last week we looked at Romans where uh, it talked about uh, my God, uh, where uh, all things work together for good. Listen to this. It says in chapter 8, the Amplified, So too the Holy Spirit, sorry Barry, I got you no scriptures here. So too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness. Could I have a better amen? Okay, let's read it again then. So too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness. Amen. For we do not know what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it worthily as we ought, but the Spirit himself 
goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable. There's that no backdoor word, that that thing that has no no measurement to it. It's just like unspeakable, unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. And he who searches the heart of men knows what the mind of the Holy Spirit, what his intent is, because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God on behalf, in behalf of the saints according to and in harmony with God's will. We are assured and know that God, being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good to and for those who love God and are the called according to his design and purpose. We got this thing nailed, y'all. We got this thing nailed. I, what would you say would be a more complete and exhaustive expression of God's will to absolutely do anything you can ask, think, imagine, meditate? What could you say if God would just help me? If God would just come down? If God would just hear my cry? If God would just help me? Dear Lord, he said it in the way that there's, it's, it's a legal thing, a lawyer talk, where it's boilerplate, where it's just nailed down. There's nothing that you can say, well, here's an exception. Here's a loophole. He nailed it. He said, I'm, I'm going I'm to, if you'll pray in the Holy Ghost, we will take care of it. That's an exponential life. Well, I don't have time, and I'm embarrassed, and I, it's hard for me to think to pray in tongues. Well, live your old natural life. Just live by the laws and the curses that's in the world. Just fight for everything. Just, just have to go to battle with everything. I told my insurance girl yesterday or day before, I said, Jesse, I like you, girl. Because when I deal with insurance, I have to put on armor and put on my big sword and put on my big helmet because I have to go to battle with all of them. They, have, they are saying no when they answer. Hello, no. <laughs> uh, hello, not going to happen. <laughs> That's how they answer me. But I call this girl. She's my little down at Fitz. And I said, Jesse, I got this going on. We'll take care of it. Anything else? Nope. We got this covered. We'll take care of it. I'll let you know how it went. <gasps> I love this girl. <laughs> I, love, I love Holy Spirit. Because he just says, if you'll pray in the Holy Ghost... You don't, it's not even hard. You don't have to look up. You don't have to recite. You don't have to read something. You just... We got that. Hello. Yes, we can do it. Nothing's impossible. We got that covered. It'll be better than you thought. Ah, oh, what's not to love about God? Why are we messing around with old stuff? Worthless stuff, stuff that we've proven doesn't work, that's exhaustive and fruitless. Why are we not just on fire with these scriptures? Why are we not pressing God? And then Malachi says, prove me now herewith if I'll not open the windows. Okay, I will. Well, doggone, I did. Did you? And he did. And I'm having just a full, full full life. Have I, I've had some boogers in my life. You had some boogers? Yeah, we've all had some boogers. Jesus said, in the world, you'll have some boogers. 
<laughs> he did, and I have. But he said, be of good cheer. Pay no attention to the boogers. I have overcome them all. I've got this. Oh, I'm telling you. This is my life. There is no other life. I'm so glad I was doing that funeral yesterday because everything that was said was right. <laughs> I told them how to get born again and everything. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, okay. I got time. Matthew 22. Turn there. Now, we just talked about all these things that are an exponential life. We just talked about how Peter walked on the water and all these promises that God has given us to say, wake up, Michael, wake up, wake up, wake up. I got this covered. Don't. He said, take no anxious thoughts saying, what shall I wear? What shall I drink? What shall I eat? He said, because of these things the Gentiles want. He said, but seek first my kingdom. And my righteousness and all these things that the Gentiles seek, every natural thing you want, he said, they shall be given unto you. Concentrate, focus on, think about living a supernatural life because I got your natural man. You hungry? Got that covered. I did that on the old covenant people. I put manna. How supernatural is that to go out every morning? And scra- it was a crystal, a white crystal substance that was on the leaves of plants or even on the ground, and they would gather it up and put it in a bowl. I don't know much more than that. The word manna literally means, what is it? Yeah. (laughs) So if he did that then, he sent in millions of tons of quail every night for them to have meat. This is not quail country. Where did they come from? What? That was then. And he's a new, improved God since Jesus came on. New and improved. It's better than it's ever been. Then we got the end days. The devil's mad as hell. He's mad as hell. But it makes no difference to us because grace has come in. And there's a fullness of grace right now. If anybody will make a little spot in their heart for grace, he will rush in and fill you up. You just got to bring your trouble to him. He's not impressed when we have all these troubles and we're weighted down. I'm so tired, Lord, from my life to go to prayer. I just can't go to church. I just can't read the Word because I'm exhausted with life. It's taken all of my life to live my life. It's just not, it's not flying. It's not a seek first the kingdom thing. But in Matthew 22, 14, we've looked at this. It says, for many are called, but few are chosen. How many of y'all want to be chosen? I want to be chosen. I'm called. Are you called? Of course you're called. You are absolutely called. And in this church and in this gospel, you know you're called. We don't always have the full definition on it because we have to, we, what we tend to do, want to do is, Lord, here I am. If you need me or want me, you come find me. But the word doesn't teach that. The word says, the Lord says, I'm over here. For example, I'm in River Church. He's in other places, but for you, he's in River Church. Go there, and I'll tell you everything you need to know. I'll, I'll give you instructions. But people want to lay in the bed and say, you know, I hadn't heard from God lately. People want to watch the news, CNN or whatever. And this is where he's at. Seek me where I may be found, he says. Now, I'm not, I'm not 
y'all are not the problem. I'm just telling you the truth so you can locate yourself and say, I'm good. You understand that? There's no chewing out going on here. I'm, I'm so proud of y'all. I'm so proud of y'all. You ought to hear what I say about y'all to my friends. It's, it's God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy Ghost, and River Church. <laughs> it's a foursome. But here it says that in the Passion, for everyone is invited in, but few respond in excellence. And so we talked about why are people not chosen? Well, one thing is, is that we find in the parable in Matthew 25, where the three were given the master's goods, and two of them went out and did business, traded, and he said, well done, but one of them buried his talent. One thing is, is that there's a lot of people that are not qualified. They never go to church. They never read the word. They never know there's a God. They never thirst and hunger for righteousness. So they're not qualified. So they're not chosen. If you were hiring in your business, who would you choose? Who would you choose? Uh, I read a, a, a report that talked about employers that are trying to fill high powered positions, professional positions. And people are showing up with, uh, Ear, ear, earbuds in and, and uh, a wrinkled T-shirt and shorts and flip-flops and, and they're showing up for the interview like that. And they're going, why not? Why, why, why not me? Because they're scary. They're scary. They scare me. I, we, we went to uh, Texas Roadhouse the other night and, uh, and the guy was interviewing for uh, employees and that, the manager was right there. And those people were... I don't guess they were scary for Roadhouse, but they were scary for me. They were just—they were coming in like it was uh, volleyball practice, or uh, or uh, uh, these people bother me. I'm just telling you, they're not getting chosen because they're not qualified. There it is. They're not proven. They've never believed their God for their money through a short spot. You can't always just bail out. You, sometimes you just got to press into the Word and said, I've been hungry today, but His Word is true, and I'm going to outlast this. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you get a bobo, and you just, you know, you just, it hurts, and you just are used to going to the doctor or calling someone or whatever, and sometimes you just say, bless God, this headache is not going to take me out. And you just, you just press in, like the testimonies this morning that y'all gave. We just say no. We just say no. We say no. We say no. And that proves you for him to say yes. You've you got to have something in your life where you stepped out. Well, I don't want to believe God for this headache. I got aspirin, and I want to. Well, sure you do, and sure we do. But that's not going to prove you or qualify you for that. Many are called. Few are chosen. I want to be chosen. So Jesus, the master, said, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I can do a few things. I will make thee master, administrator, ruler over many things. And so the Lord told me, he said, The reason people are not proven is because they require more than the word to believe God's plan and purpose for their own life. They want God to scrawl it on the wall. They want God to appear. They want a prophet to say, thus saith the Lord, you're called to this and you should go there. But that's not how it's going to come. 
you're going to have to believe God's word. I'm called. Could you point to yourself and say, I'm called? I'm called. I'm called. Many are called. I'm called. Oh, yeah, well, you're the preacher. I haven't always been a preacher, and I gave up stuff to be a preacher. This is, he called me. And I was a very quiet, introverted person that did not, did not talk in front of people. Did not, did not want to, could not if they asked me to. So, you can too. So we're, uh, we're in the process. And there's people that won't be trained unless you give them a, 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 an assigned and detailed uh, uh, schedule of where this is going. Now, if you will become this and study this and train for this, well, then I will put you in this position and I will use you for this. Oh, okay, I'll do that. But if you just say, be trained, be ready for whatever God has. Well, no, I got to have some more details. That's not what God's kingdom is. He wants you and I trained for everything. We've had people at River Church, Word of Life, that literally over the years, <laughs> uh, Pam's one of them, but there's many others. I hate to use anybody, but I can just, because she's not here, I can say it, that they've been in every ministry. You just say, we need somebody in the nursery. We need someone to go back to children's church. We need someone to watch the door. We need someone to... And they're just trained for everything. All of y'all are that. I, use, I, just, I don't know why I use Pam, but I'm just saying she's one for sure I know that's been with me a long time. That just, I'll do it. Just show me how. Just, well, God can use you. He can say, let's, we need a governor over a city. Pick the one that's always said yes. That's what he's looking for. You want to be a governor over a city? I don't know if I want to. I promise you, you do. Because there's a great grace that comes with whatever he calls you to. And it'll be so easy, it's easier than not doing it for God to call you to do it. So the untrained man, I wrote this down. The untrained man, it takes all of his life to live his life. And the Bible says that the pastor is called to, his job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, the building up of the body of Christ. That we all as a group are called to edify the church in Tuscaloosa. I got a big honking sign for River Church across the street. Y'all know what a big honking sign is? <laughs> I was pretty sure that they wasn't going to like all of our signs on this building. I've got signs everywhere, and i got more coming. When you walk up to the front door of the glass doors, they've got their Tuscaloosa South sign on the right. I did that. But we're fixing to have a big sign on the left side of the doors that say, River Church, that way. And it's right there. It'll be right there on the glass, and it'll point to a sign that says entrance there. And then we're gonna, we are marking our territory, and we don't own anything here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's just stir ourselves up for a moment here in the Holy Ghost. Equip us, Lord. Train us, Lord. 
Prepare us, Lord. For the end days. Come on, let's stir ourselves up just for a moment. You, you got, you got end days ahead of you. End days, it's going to require harabahasi. You be built up. Ivragara bushadida brangalete bushadude mongalabahata bushadida brangadabasai aprekere bushadida bahasi hovre hovre gere bushadida badasai nembre gere bushadida branda besoti jevragara bush. Shadida Brahanda Bushadi. Munjadude Brushadida Branda Bahaso Shavrada Basoti Tabai. Now what just happened? What happened? And you can just see it that when a jet lands, they immediately take this little tanker truck out and they put this hose and they run it up under the wing and they clamp it off and that thing fires up and they pump fuel into that plane. And that's what just happened. We clamped on, and God starts pouring stuff in you. Well, what do we need that for? Well, you've got to have that before he can send you out to do that. He, sends you, he doesn't send you out empty and say, now go back and get something. That's what almost all Christians want. They want to know, what is my assignment? And then I'll go back and get trained for that. Well, we're trying to do the whole kingdom. Philip was working on a eunuch and getting him the gospel and getting him water baptized, and suddenly he was in a Zotus doing an unrelated thing, translated. I'm a, I'm a little infatuated with getting translated. I, I, but see, i got to be doing something here that he needs me somewhere else. And so do you. I can do this. Hallelujah. Here's what the Lord says. <laughs> the outward man cannot perceive and know that which I have called the inward man to do. But the inward man will rise up and, and dominate and take over and discipline the outer man to conform to my plan and my will, my purpose for your life. So seek me first, saith the Lord, from the inward man. Look for me from the inward side. Seek me by my spirit, and I will reveal to you everything from the, for these last days. All you will need to know will be downloaded into your heart, and you will see it like it is, saith God. No more will be the days of wondering and, and questioning and, and having a, a, a struggle with doctrine and with purpose. I will make it clear, saith God, but look for me, seek me, ask me about your future, and I will show you everything you need to know. And it's an exciting life that I reserve for you, for I have put you, saith the Lord, I have put you in this generation of the end days. I have put you in this time that you might go forth and obey me and advance my kingdom. For Jesus is the Lord of all, and he will be over you in every step of the way. By the Holy Ghost, by the Spirit of grace, you will be equipped and you will be purposeful in your life. And no more are the days of dissatisfaction and boredom. I will bring an exciting part of the kingdom into view. And you will see your part in the whole part. And you will be glad, saith God. 
For this in the end days is being accelerated, saith the Lord. I will bring you as I prepare you even now. I will bring you into that place that you will say, I am glad I was ready for what the Lord had for me. So go forth, saith God. Prepare as someone who has been called to war, and you will be equipped to win that war. And it will be good, saith God, and you will be glad that you chose me so that I could choose you. Amen. Woohoo! Amen. You've never been to a church like this before. I have never been to a church like this before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who would say something right now? Who would respond to this word? Anyone? Annette says, she, she, you want it? She wants it. Who else? Y'all nodding your head? You want this? I don't even know what to say about it. I'm, I'm walking this out just like you are. It's not like, well, I've been there and I can tell you where I've been. I'm just going as you go. But that's the way this is, is we just go together. Amen. Here am I, send me, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know what y'all are doing that's so exciting, but there's nothing going on in my life, uh, in the worldly part, that would keep me, that would hinder me, that says, oh, Lord, I'd love to, but I'm having so much fun. And I got so much money. And I feel so good. I just hate to risk all that for, for you. <laughs> How about you, Darlene? What's going on in your heart right now? Yes, ma'am. He does. To do it. Amen. Wendy, what's, what's happening? Excited to find out the will that he has for your life. Is that what you said? Never answer, say something. I, I'm so thankful I qualified to be in this place. He's kept you. Let me tell you about her. I didn't know this. Well, I did know this, actually. For 15 years that she's been gone, well, that she's 15 years, the last 15 years, I'll say that. She's eight years in Atlanta uh, being a nanny to her granddaughter. But she's tithed to this church all 15 years. Now, you would say, that's no big deal. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. It's not the money. It's that nobody was, nobody was riding herd over every Sunday saying, yeah, okay, it's time to give. Everybody give. She just, every month, would load up and mail it here. Well, that qualifies you. My point is, I'm not, I'm not bragging on her because who she is to me, because she was somebody before she was somebody to me. She just kept herself qualified. And I, her and I could not be together if she was not qualified. I, you know, when I had, when I, for me, who I'm with has to be like me. God bless her, help her, Lord. <laughs> but I mean, you, I, you just, I can't marry a Methodist or be with a, with a, and so she qualified. And you're qualified. I don't want to make a heavy out of this, but I'm pretty overwhelmed by what the Lord's showing me. And I am confident he's showing you too. I'm sure this is not a one-picture show. I think he's showing it to all of us. That something's on the edge. That something's around the corner. Amen. Does anybody need prayer for your body?
because we are getting this sickness stuff dealt with. Everybody good? Barry, anything going on in Mississippi? I knew you were. Praise God. I, this is our missionary to Miss, Mississippi. And we just let him go over the edge so he can drive real quick back to Alabama. Him and Melissa are precious. Okay, Trace, in Jesus' name, we speak grace to Trace and tell his gums to accommodate new teeth in Jesus' name and for him to grow through being six months old to being a yearling with a supernatural grace on his body. We thank you for wisdom for Mama, Lord. She knows what to do. She makes every turn and on time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, yay. All right. I'm done. Mm. Boy, Shanita, you've taken some big steps. You've taken some big steps. I just saw it. I just saw you take that one of them big steps instead of those little steps. Big steps. I tell you, thus saith the Lord, your way is clear and your future is bright. And every hindrance, every obstacle that's been thrown in front of you shall be removed, saith the Lord. I am dealing with it. And the devil shall be no hindrance to your life. You will have it despite, despite your station and your place, which you have submitted to. You shall have it, saith the Lord. I will make a way where there appeared to be no way. And great, great will be the testimony in it. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for Miss Mildred. Hallelujah. Y'all love Miss Mildred? Ha, <laughs> let me have you. Oh, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for great grace on her. And we thank you, Lord, that everything in her chemically and hormonally functions in the perfection which you have created it to function. And we say, Lord, that she, she's cognitive and she's aware and she's bright and she's full of expectation. And Lord, you're, you're, I speak healing right now and a, and a, a restoration in things that have been tried to be taken away from her. I speak restoration now and a reset back to an earlier and a, and a, uh, and a more youthful day. I speak a reset to that now. I, I call a creative miracle into her mind and into her mind functions, and every part of her, Lord, I ask you to strengthen her by your might in her inner man. Strengthen her, Lord, in Jesus' name. This is a glorious season of life, and she will be fruitful in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're a sweetheart. I want to kiss you, because I love you. You're just a blessing. Amen. All right. Okay, well, if they, if they beat you to the restaurant, it's your fault, not mine.